This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, it's a goal! Mike Well post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And it's a goal! Comes to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! I will win this league anyway. Richard, he's hit it. It's Cradwell! And Doyle strikes again. The extraordinary is becoming the ordinary for Scott Twine. Covering a Papa John's trophy fixture. Papa John Preach. There we go. I've already done it. I've already ruined everything. You've already made my evening, Rich. Thank you. Oh, hello. <laughs> it's Joe, everybody. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. Nice to uh, nice to meet you on a lovely pizza night. Yeah. If ever there was a, 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 a podcast which only two people in their mid to late 30s with children looking for a desperate way of just trying to escape for an hour or so and hiding behind the proviso of a of a football podcast covering Swindon Town versus Arsenal under 21s and this is it yep can't disagree with that at all <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh um, if this game was a pizza a papa john's pizza um which kind would it be I've been thinking about this. I think uh, I'm thinking of sort of double decadence. It's it's new. It's unorthodox, but I was a little bit excited to see it. Good lord! I mean, as a, as a staunch double pepperoni man, um, I'm going for that because I go for that regardless of um, the sort of mood I'm in. Um, one thing's for sure, though. This game wasn't one that offered the awful, awful sides that Papa John's covers. We're not looking for Papa John's sponsorship. No, no, but uh, I'm, you know, if any sort of more locally based ones would like to send us, uh, send us a freebie or maybe a lovely trip out, I'd be, I'd be very receptive to uh, going for pizza. Get all the gang down. 
get all the gang down. It's, it's amazing how many people will appear on a podcast if I offer free pizza. Oh, it's got me interested, so why not? <laughs> okay, um, well, we've got a couple of things to cover for this episode, but let's start with the recent Official Supporters Club on the sofa, because it's quite interesting, really. It included Chairman Clemor Fooney, if you didn't know who our new chairman was. It also included Rob Angus, CEO, and the elusive pending vice chairman, Mr. Zav Austin. Um, usual format for the OSC, a bit of a conversation and followed by listeners' questions, a few things of note really, and the main bit I think I think I tuned in for was to listen to Zav Austin discuss um, what his interests are in Swindon and his past and things like that. Did we learn much? Um, I think we we had a few teasers of some things, definitely in terms of pending uh, court cases and things like that. He had a point of saying, you know, he wished that he could he could tell us more. Um, there was a bit of a reveal that he was potentially the uh, the whistleblower who alerted Clem to some dealings that we may learn about in the future. Um, and I have to say, having watched the supporters club video and hearing Zav talk about his uh you know his past and his conviction I have to respect that was probably not an easy conversation to have and I know there was some negative comments coming through on the chat so uh oh was there well there a few there was a few sort of missives from let's just say town fans have never seen in a discussion about anything before online uh, so all new names to me um ooh. but it was uh, I have to at least respect that he was up front with it. I think if it was if it was met with caginess or moving on, I would have been more apprehensive. But he, you know, he he owned it and uh, and was happy to take questions on it. Yeah, he was happy to take questions, but then obviously he couldn't really answer many because of an ongoing court, well, ongoing court proceedings. So he kind of zigzagged around them by then sort of complimenting the staff and those who kept the club going during that time um so I, I don't i don't think we learned that much other than we would confirm that he has a past and then you know his his declaration that he is a reformed man he's not going to be uh putting much money or any money into the club so he's an employee um and we'll see where it goes i shall remain <laughs> in a stance that, that that protects myself from getting lured in and being disappointed in the future. But, you know, here's hoping all goes well. I believe the phrase was uh, from a, a certain organisation not a million miles away from uh, Swindon Town is owner agnostic, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, owner agnostic is the one. That's the way to go. And I keep saying it, I keep saying it, it's nothing, it's nothing personal, it's just that's the world <laughs> of Swindon Town for me now, forevermore, forevermore. Um, look, there was a lot of interesting stuff like um, mentioned, but there was really only one major talking point. Um, are you doing this podcast in, in, in just your pants with a t-shirt <laughs> by, by any chance? Not far off, listeners. I'm already in my uh, in my short pajamas because it is absolutely boiling. But um, yes, I've made interesting cameo with some uh, very nice lurid pink pants. <laughs> if if I'm going to be a real party pooper, you're the 
in waiting vice chairman of a professional football club with a shady past and then in a split second you stand up and return (laughs) clearly showing that you are doing a podcast in front of hundreds of Swindon Town fans in underwear colour is irrelevant but just in your underwear is a remarkable move if that was a, a deliberate peak that he gave us too just crazy what goes through these people's minds but I mean it gave us funny content didn't it we all had a giggle absolutely and we never know what's going on under Vic's desk do we so it's <laughs> always <laughs> that <laughs> sleep well listeners <laughs> <laughs> oh dear mm. don't know where to go from there to be honest Joe look just have a moment to uh, consider that I did, um, it was interesting to see Clem and Rob together. I am wondering if uh, if Clem has chucked up with Robin in his in his spare room. They both looked a bit sort of uh, bleary eyed and tired and jaded. <laughs> yes, I, I, I was gonna I was gonna put a message in for the uh, for Vic to call out just to check if uh, Clem still had a pulse um, at, <laughs> at some stage. He did look like he nodded off during Zav's uh, bit, didn't he? He did look like he'd gone for a kip. Needless to say, he noticed uh, the underwear choice of a certain friend who's uh, just about to become our vice chairman, though, that's for sure. He certainly perked up at that point. <laughs> dear oh. me, dear me. <laughs> okay, then. So today, you know, was a fixture day, so why not talk about it? Um, Swindon Town versus Arsenal under 21s. I was going to this up until about one o'clock this afternoon. Um, congratulations, Joe. You were the receiver of my angsty, I'm not going anymore uh, <laughs> message um, when I was sulking because it was just clear that my life would not let me out. That's my life, not my wife. She doesn't care what I do. But <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it was, uh, I don't know. I, I, I watched it today and I was kind of gutted that I missed it, to be honest, because... Uh, there were a few really sort of interesting and standout performances. I do want to sort of not dwell, but I do want to talk about something that Jack Tanner put in, um, uh, put to us where it says, I must say for, for a lot of the good feeling about the club, that there isn't the usual deserved apathy towards these trophy games. Um, I guess that hasn't happened. I'm not quite sure whether I think that's down to the new ownership. I think we're just at a stage now because we've had a year out that football is football. Um, I couldn't give a monkey's whether we lost 5-0 today, 1-7-1, went to penalties and were there was there all night because nobody's missing. It, it, it's a nonsense competition. Um, it's only the third time since the under-21 format came in that we've had over 2,000 fans at a game uh, for one of these. So um, I guess I would put it down, as I said there before, I put it down just, it's a nice day, there's football and we can go. Um, there's reports of a possible lockdown in October, so get some football in. I think that you've hit the nail on the head there, really. I think that people have you know, missed going to going to games. It's a nice evening out. Um, there'll probably be people who, you know, probably hold the competition as much disdain as Jack and many of us and were probably feeling quite conflicted but then thought ah do you know what it's worth having a look worth uh, worth popping down the other thing is because because we've got such a a sort of quite tight squad it's a great opportunity to see you know some people that we haven't seen a lot of and there's that 
that added extra incentive, plus the you know the lure that you might see a future Premier League superstar making their steps. And uh, it's definitely not uh, not cold this evening, is it? So why not uh, why not pop down to the county ground and have a few beers in the uh, in the stand? Yeah, Arsenal under 21 substitute Amario Cozia Dubri was born in 2005. What were you doing in 2005, Joe? Um, I might have been having an unwitting post university stint at Lee Delamere Services. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyone, anyone who's had that job as well, I don't know if they still do it. They used to, they used to be like a minibus that would come and get you. And then take you back. So once you were there and you're on off the junction of the M4, you're stranded, really. So you have to just put up with you know whatever crap that gets hit at you, and you can't really walk out because you'll just be <laughs> walking out onto four lanes of heavy traffic going at seventy miles an hour. I've never been happier to ask any question and get that response. <laughs> um, one of one of the best um, of the service stations on the M4, isn't it? Uh, it's one of the one of the service stations. Yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, 2005. I was at university, but I, I was I went to university a couple of years, sort of later than 18. I think I was 21 during freshers, so I was just yeah, just going. Well, I was over year one or year two of university during all of that. But oh man, time keeps a slipping, doesn't it? Goodness me. It wasn't very long after that I moved to Leicester, so maybe you can see why now. Indeed, I can. Lee Delamere, wow. Okay, well, um, I'm absolutely gutted that I didn't didn't put my prediction for the 11, um, because I got it absolutely right. I have it written down, but who can prove that? I could have done that five minutes ago. Um, Swindon started with Lewis Ward in goal at the back. Uh, was Ellis Iandolo, Romney Critchlow, Akin Aldemeo, and Rob Hunt. And then in midfield, we had uh, Mo Dabre making his debut, Ricky Aguilar, Brian East and Harry Parsons with Jaden Mitchell, Lawson and Alex Gilbert um, playing two, both making their full debuts for Swindon. So I was quite confident going into this with that lineup purely because I have full confidence in in the defence and it just gave me the impression that it would allow the rookie and young attacking mind players just to be able to sort of sort of be free to to not worry about making mistakes and just, you know, seeing how it goes. Yeah, and it seemed they certainly did have that that freedom. Um I think from starting lineup wise, there wasn't really a surprise. Uh I was sort of looking to see if Bowdry or Leiden might be ready enough. I don't know if I ever caught any pre match on that to see if they were ready uh, for a twenty minute cameo or so, but not in today, so I presume not. Um but yes, it was a side that was sort of set up to to have that freedom to sort of play in and amongst them, and they certainly took that initiative. Yeah, it, it was very, very busy, the opening uh, exchanges. Yeah, there was a sort of nervous energy, wasn't there, from the uh, Arsenal under-21s, so really pinging it around like, quite quickly, um, and then sort of you know, mistiming passes, or it was a quite a hairy pass back uh, to the goalkeeper who had a he had a heck of a time in it in his sort of first uh, first half a lot of sort of he got uh, better didn't he he, got he did better. get better I think he chucked some cold water on himself at half time uh, edge airy wasn't it and um, but he was under all sorts of all sorts of pressure and he had that you know the uh, 
academy keeper at a big club nightmare. He looked a bit like somebody who'd been just popped in a goalie top and told, told to stand there in the first half. Second half, he showed us a bit more of what he's about and obviously relaxed into it and pulled off some very decent saves. But in the first half, it was he was a bit all at sea. And Oh, absolutely. And, and I've got to be honest, it, the way the first sort of, 20 when I thought we were going to absolutely smash them. They were cruising for a bruising at the back. I thought we would get, we would sneak um, one in for an error at some point. Yeah, and I was in- interested to note as well, you must have heard about this this famous uh, Brentford friendly that Arsenal were crying about getting a 4-0 victory behind closed doors as if that was levelling the score from their real-life fixture. And uh, this guy, Charlie Patino, is in the middle here. So he appeared in that. So his last competitive game was playing alongside you know, the first-teamers. He looked good, though, didn't he? He certainly did. Looked very, very settled in it. Maybe is might rub off on uh, Arteta, yeah. I mean, this game will, will only really be remembered for one thing, and that was the debut of one Mo Dabre. In the previous episode, I said... But if I don't see Mo Dabre play, then then what's the point of it all? And damn it, I was right. <laughs> yes, and uh, come of the hour, come of the man, and it was it was certainly Dabre's evening. I almost feel like we're sort of duty-bound to maybe quell the rampant enthusiasm that I'm seeing on social media right now. I think he looked, he really did look like an extraordinary prospect. I loved how he played um, as a small man. Always appreciate the small man uh, on the ball, on the field anyway. What I particularly impressed me in there is not just, you know, that he could he could go around players. He had that sort of acute awareness of when he had taken it too far and had the instinct to look up, find passes off. He can come back and defend all the raw minerals are there, but it's about finding the best way to round them out. And I'm not sure rounding them out is going to be bringing him on 70 minutes in every Saturday or so. Yeah, I kind of thought the game would be more directed towards Ricky Agua, looking at sort of what I've seen of him in, in like footage playing for Worthing. He looked like a really creative player, but it seemed, especially at the start, to really go um to, to Dabre a lot. And i got to be honest, for the first sort of 10, 15, well, before he scored, I thought he wasn't getting the rub of the green, really. You know, he was busy, he was enthusiastic, and he, he looked like he was really up for it. But there were a couple of misplaced passes. There was a couple of things that just didn't quite go his way. And I was thinking to myself, oh, he needs something to go right for him. And well, I think the, uh, the, the definition of that is his goal. Must say that stroke of luck sort of really drew himself out of him and he, he he grew a metaphorical foot if not a physical foot there um and really seemed to have a you know a sort of confidence and a command that was was beyond his years and certainly beyond his experience i guess it sort of played into his advantage of playing an academy side and he's come from valente academy hasn't he i'm not hugely clued in on this is one of these sort of like agency run academies isn't it i think they've got some links with crystal palace or somewhere like that so they have that affiliation there and that sort of uh, it's almost hard to describe that kind of academy style of where you're essentially almost showcasing what you can do and it's not quite as quite as physical or as cynical uh, as league two so i think he felt like he could make the space to be in his be in his element, as did somebody else who might come on late on. 
I, I really enjoyed watching him. I got to be honest, I was I was over the moon, and what a find that is! Uh, ben Chorley's obviously, and Scott Lindsay have have done wonders um, to the point where it's yet another player we're looking at his contract and going, oh god, we got to get these guys on on longer deals ASAP. I do think though, I'm not I'm not convinced he's ready. That doesn't matter. Um, what a what an absolute amazing debut for a guy to have who was at a an affiliated academy just a matter of months ago and since then he's been on the bench in the EFL and he's scored on his competitive debut in the EFL trophy unbelievable and I really think a good loan spell no no lower than National League South could really do him some good um he, he looked well up for it <laughs> he looked well up for it but I mean I saw a couple of crosses for him to try and head it against some of those Arsenal defenders. It was never <laughs> going to happen, was it? No, but I admire, I admire his chops for trying at least. Yeah, so it was it was it was a, a well deserved goal. I, I can't say it was a well taken goal, but it was a goal. It was a goal. Yes, it was. I think the effort in like leading up to that was was definitely there. When I, yeah. I'm looking looking back here, and I'm. Astounded to think, I, I thought, well, yes, we did have, you know, the edge and uh, sort of the advantage over them. It was 21 shots today. It's, uh, it was, you know, some pretty decent efforts there. But in that, in that early period, we were almost inviting them to show what they could do, letting them, you know, express around, but controlling the possession from the back playing our way notable how much these guys have played together on the training ground there's a familiarity that i don't know if it was the you know the sense of the occasion but just wasn't there for the uh arsenal under 21s there there's like a real cohesion even though that we haven't seen these guys start for swindon that just seemed straight off the training ground i i couldn't agree more. And I think from previous years of watching this, and, you know, this includes Richie Wellens, who I'm a huge fan of, you kind of got that feeling that this competition was a massive inconvenience, which we can say, but when when you sort of pay to go and watch the team and you can see your own team doing that, like a Bristol Rovers away, where two players went off within 15 minutes injured because they were sort of, well, allegedly going around the rules... But in this one, it felt like the guys that were playing, other than the defenders who are pretty much all locked in regulars, they were fighting for the attention of Ben Garner. And I could see that. And then in the second half, Garner, you know, brings on players to win the game <laughs> in the EFL trophy, which just seems a remarkable thing given what we've had in the last five years. That was probably the most surprising aspect of it is not just seeing you. You see the the strength on the bench of you know, our first teamers, and you're thinking perhaps they might make a a cameo. This is why I was thinking if Baldry and Lydon were fit, maybe they would have had a little run on. That's the we're used to thinking of the competition in those terms of you know, if someone is back from injury, it's useful there. If there's a chance to put an armband on Taylor Curran, it's useful for that or whatever, it's just something to bring your less utilised players in. But at 60 minutes, he's bringing on three solid first-teamers, Payne, Conroy and Simpson, 
and trying to win the game out. And my, I felt like my jaw was going to hit the floor. It was we're going to make a proper a proper go of this. And I presume that will be the same for the rest of the group games. Yeah. Simpson, if he played that 90 minutes, he would have absolutely destroyed them. Um, yeah, Arsenal didn't look at the races at all and then they equalised. They had a nice little um, spell during you know the time that they scored, but I never felt that they were going to truly danger um, Lewis Ward, and then they scored through Idaho or Ideo or either way. I was trying to try it, trying to resist a B52's title um, for <laughs> this one, <laughs> but it was a good finish, to be fair, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a very, very good finish. So him and uh, Zabireth up front was causing a lot of problems first half, um, but after the second half has started, it felt like they'd all just been shut out. There was very little from any of them. Miscued by Pugh. Now Simpson here. He's forced a little wide by Davis. Simpson hits the shot well. McCurdy follows up. That ought to be it for Swindon. McCurdy makes it 3-1. Ben Garner is jubilant. And as are all the Swindon players, another melee away to the right-hand side. McCurdy with a goal on his debut. Garner, we haven't looked at... We're recording this straight after the game and we haven't seen what Garner will... I think it was Scott Lindsay who was taking the presser um, post-match anyway. They must be over the moon with with the way this game is played out, just generally. Yeah, I think they, they certainly will be. Um, it felt very reassured. I, I know that it's a competition we're not really that worried about, but I almost sort of took, took the foot off and was thinking, there's no reason to worry here. I definitely didn't think we'd concede another um, so from, I'd say probably about 50 minutes, even before the subs came on, I just thought I'm just sitting back and seeing, you know, who makes a, who makes a winner and who can squeeze one out here from, from us, not from, not from Arsenal. It's just strange, uh, a strange position to find yourself in on a, on a Tuesday evening. I, I was expecting, I, I mean, I got to be honest when it got to the, the subs, when, when, Andrew Halls on BBC Radio Wiltshire saying that that it was going to be substitutions. I thought it was time to feed the cow. I thought they were going to utilise the the under-18s, but no, as we discussed, they they put out the big guns to finish the game off. Um, And like I said, if if Simpson plays 90 minutes, he would have ripped them a new one. He just looked above and beyond um, when he came on. But um, the goal was scored, the winner was scored by a, a pain corner flicked on by Dean Conroy then everyone you know I think one um, notification told me that Payne scored all the other notifications um, was telling me that Dion Conroy had scored but from the very very moment I first saw it in live um, play it was the most oniest of own goals. Yes yeah, so I had the credit for Dion there but yes it did look to be a be an own goal but well We'll take it anyway. I'd, I'd be taking full credit of it if I was one of those. Uh, Simpson, it was interesting. I think back to, um, I think the last post-match I was on was the Tranmere game, which I went to live. And I sort of got the feeling that in that game, as the lone striker, Simpson's almost trying to, trying to play how he imagined that he should play. You know, sort of trying to drop the shoulder and be be light and be nimble, whereas in this game he really seemed to sort of relish going at going at players. And he can ping a ball across the 
box pretty well. He nearly played in pain twice for what would have been a very easy tap-in if he'd got there. He really seemed to relish going in because, of course, you know, him being from uh, Ipswich Academy and being only 19 himself, pitching himself against you know, effectively a, a higher peer group in a, you know elite Premier League academy. Um, he seemed to really relish uh, making them work hard and making them work hard he did. What did you think of Jaden Mitchell-Lawson? Um, he almost scored an, an absolutely lovely individual effort when he uh, sort of weaved around Kirk and uh, Ogumbo, but he did the hard bit and then the finish just he dragged it wide. I, mean, I watched him today and I'm still... Not convinced he's he's a centre forward, but in the attacking midfield role, doing what he did at times tonight, he's, he could be a very good signing. Absolutely, he could be. I was always thinking. I thought that him and Gilbert managed to make some impressive sort of chances, getting forward, playing people in. Like you say, he did all of the work. There was some amazing fancy footwork, and then the last bit, the easy bit, just went wide. Uh, it would be interesting going back to you know how Simpson can you know run out defenders and and play people in. It would be interesting for a game or two here to to try, even though it might not be their natural position, to try one of them up there and to see if some magic could happen. I would be interested to see how Simpson would link up with a more nimble forward who i mean out of the out of the players that we haven't seen that much of i mean lewis wall didn't really do anything wrong um from what i can remember in goal uh, couldn't do much for what was a very good very good effort by the arsenal player what, what i mean we talked about dabray who had a you know dream debut man of the match deservedly so what do you think of the likes of ricky agua uh, ryan east You've rated Gilbert. Harry Parsons had a full ninety minutes. What do you think of those guys? I thought that I thought they held themselves very well. I mean, Aguirre and East yeah, held well in midfield. I know that Aguirre from his uh, Worthing wasn't it Worthing days. He had that he, when he had signed. He had that sort of like blistering showreel of almost a bit like a bit like Payne does, a sort of like cutting into that yeah attacking third and pinging off these amazing wild shots in and we didn't see lots of that so there's still there's still more to come from them I think this competition would be a good way to bed these sorts of players in so the fact that Garner and the two Scots seem to be taking it seriously could be to our advantage I know we have had you know players who've had problems with injuries uh, but on the side of that is we do have a, a small and a young squad that need to get minutes. And even though loans and things will help to develop, you know, that that sort of raw potential, it's obvious that they are getting a lot out of playing together as well. So if there's a competition that, you know, within the rules you can bed some of them in, why not why not this? Why not make a go of it? Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not waxing lyrical about this game. It is what it is. A glorified friendly, in my opinion. But I'm really, really enthused by Ben Garner's approach to this game and the efforts by the players, including the, the more senior ones who went out there and just really looked like they were enjoying themselves, which is testament um, to the season that we've witnessed so far. Isn't it funny that that was Ben Garner's eighth game in charge and 
he's got four wins now. Um, he's only two away from equaling his uh, his win count at Bristol Rovers in 33 efforts uh, or attempts, um, which just shows you just how bad <laughs> that spell was for him. But um, he's definitely, definitely bringing it all back round in his favour. Stock is rising. Unlike our former manager, Richie Wellens, who he's not a cup manager, is he? I know he uh, he won Salford the, uh, the, the trophy last year for a few hours before it was um, won again, wasn't it? Um, but 6-0 his Doncaster team lost tonight against Rotherham which is a kind of derby, isn't it? Ouch, ouch, owie, ouch. Oh, I like them. That's not that's not going to go down well. No, it certainly isn't. How can you, how can you say such a, such things about a man who's won this fine competition, as you said, even if it was for was for just um, a couple of hours? Uh, I've not had. I've only really seen the the score line and and winced. I think just as much as everybody else has. I'm not sure what kind of a strength team they've put out there uh, but I did see that who was there to uh, put the sword in and get his debut goal for Rotherham it was only bloody Will Grigg he's on fire straight he away is. the man he couldn't <laughs> the man he couldn't sign for Swindon according to uh, rumour mills across social media oh well so there we go 2-1 let's have a read of what listeners thought about this game Luke says does this count as a cup run Hell yeah, of course it does. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Phelps says, this is Mo Dabre's world and we are living in it. Yes, it is, Josh. Stevie says, Dabre looked fantastic tonight. He showed great control of the ball, didn't stop running and cause Arsenal no end of problems. He needs to be in the first team squad. What do we think? I mean, I've, I've just spent some time there saying that he needs to go out on loan. I'm sticking by that. But he's done, he's done himself, you know, all sorts of good, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, I th- um, maybe a maybe a short loan if we could send him to someone till Christmas, or maybe if we get the rest of the group games out the way and then pack him off in January for a little bit for somewhere, little loans. Yeah, if we if we had a development side, then I'd keep him at Swindon. You know, if we were if we had a, a B team under twenty three team ourselves, I would be keep him there, and you know he would be great fun for the last 15 minutes of pretty much any game that we need to score in. I think he would be great, great fun. But I do think he probably needs a loan spell there. Connor Mountford says that Town played Arsenal off the park. Dabre looked great. Well-deserved man of the match. Don't think many players put a foot wrong. Uh, Overall, a decent game and a bright, positive performance. Well-deserved win. Matt Anderson says, I always wanted four kids. Mo Dabra could be the final piece of the puzzle. <laughs> East and Aguilar are short in the middle. Mitchell Lawson, Parsons Gilbert, and Magic Feet Abra Cadabre. Okay. Very nice. All look ready to contribute to the first team. Excited about squad depth. Roll on Saturday. We have to remind people that Matt Anderson is watching this in Singapore and it is the very early hours. But hey, why not be enthusiastic? Yeah, he, he, he does freelance stuff, doesn't he? So he can sleep where he wants, surely. I don't know if that is true. But... No, it's not. No. <laughs> but we admire the commitment anyway, don't we? No, they, they, they all could contribute to the first team. It's just that I think that one of them would do well with a loan spell. Matt says, good performance. None of the players that came in looked out of place. Uh, it will be interesting to see the likes of Dabre, East and Aguilar against Newport and Plymouth later in this competition. 
That I agree with completely. Hanra Hanra Anthony Grant 42 gives me deep analysis. He says aroused. Hashtag death. <laughs> um, always classy is our Hannah's. Ben Sharp says Mo Dabre done very well. Yes, he did. Pete Marsh says entertaining. Might have lost it without the three subs. Ward should be miffed about the Arsenal goal, as should the Arsenal goalie for the opener, who then transformed into a world beater. Man of the match, Dabre for effort. East and Agua look solid. Uh, Patino, who got a lot of, you know, I asked for Swindon feedback, but Patino got various um, notes of praise. Very classy for the visitors. Let's turn that into a loan spell next season, right? Um, I'm, I'm, was I being too nice to Ward? I, I thought it was just a good goal. Um, but obviously, I've only seen it once. I didn't even see the replay. So, Maybe he could have done more, but still, I thought it was a solid display. Yeah, I think it was a solid display. The trouble is, is that you know he, he's he's a very good keeper, but unfortunately, the the guy who's currently number one is on fire and is is not likely to be uh, unseated anytime soon. So it re- the whole the whole issue and watching today kind of boils down to whether loan spells or whatever would be the solution is. By the by, what we're really crying out for is we don't we don't have uh, the academy or the B team there that would really help these sorts of guys to thrive. It sort of puts paid when you're seeing yeah you know, other local teams in Wiltshire playing host to um, you know, development games for Forest Green and Brentford today, and there are teams around and about within commutable distance that we could be we could be playing closed doors fixtures against. Of the standard that we've had tonight, Southampton, Reading, Bristol City, Cardiff City, that these guys could, uh, you know, could play together more and be even more ready for a Saturday. Yeah, Forest Green Rovers play Brentford B at Melksham. Forest Green Rovers spend a lot of time in our county. Shoot, be gone, go away. I think they train, they certainly used to train in Chippenham, didn't they? Or just outside um, that training ground near... um, or between Chippenham and Cone, but be gone, foul beasts. Uh, Cobra Mark Three says, most pleasing aspect was everyone seemed to know exactly what they were supposed to be doing. We were all singing from the same team sheet. Nice. Um, the signs of excellent coaching going on in the background are very evident now. Loving it. Yep, again, we, we covered that. It, it did really, really strike me as, as a squad that knew what they had to do. Yeah, and I think that I think that you're getting something where the whole coaching staff have a uh, you know they have an input. I think you know that Scott Lindsay's done the he did the pre-match press and he was did the post as well. So perhaps he took more of a a lead into things. You were treated on um, BBC Wiltshire to uh, co-commentary with Ian Herring, who's had a couple of these guys um, on loan from his Hungerford days, from when they were in that now infamous. Uh, Reading developmental team that we've we've ploughed to a, a certain extent. So there is a there is a you know a, more of a cohesion than just asking one of the coaches or assistants to take training to manage this aspect, manage that aspect. You do get a feeling that between the three of them, there is a not just a goal in terms of what they want to achieve on the season with the first team and how they want to develop and play but how they want the whole squad to uh, be incorporated in that as well 
definitely feels like everybody has a you know has an understood role and expectation, and uh, that's very exciting to see. Absolutely, it is. Paul Manning says a decent performance and a surprisingly enjoyable game considering the competition. All the youngsters looked decent. Dabre ran around like he was playing on the playground with Aguilar impressing and looking like he was the closest um, of the bunch to the first team. Impressive. Yeah, interesting take on Aguilar there. Again, I think I expected more dynamite, more explosiveness from him, um, but he did do his job very, very well. Swindon Town Boisil says, I saw Dabre dominant and with Garner looking at him as an option. Uh, and another highlight was Gilbert, his second game and second big performance. They haven't really talked about Gilbert. Um, you, you mentioned him briefly there. He looks all right, doesn't he? I mean, I was, you know, not, I didn't scratch my head at the signing of him. It was just clear to me that, and I still maintain that, that he wasn't the, the person that they really gunning for. But he, he looks like he's going to contribute something great to us. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly in the in that, yeah, the first 25 minutes, half an hour of the first half, he was creating a lot of chances of making a good nuisance of himself. I think he'd definitely be uh, sort of useful in the in the closer games for doing a bit of that. Obviously, he was the, the star of Transfer Day as well, and um, lots and lots of fanfare, particularly around 11 o'clock, which is very naughty, I must say. I've got the chance to tell uh, <laughs> tell the media team there. Very cheeky and very naughty and teasing to do that to a fan base uh, when you've announced all your business before 10. And then to <laughs> pop up at deadline time and you get the notification, it's, hey, here's a gallery or something like that. No, don't <laughs> do that. Um, no, no, none of that. Um, yes, I think it showed quite a bit of a bit of himself in that first half but much like the you know the creative players on the Arsenal 21 side that kind of dipped off a bit um in the second when it got down a bit to brass tacks uh, Christian says didn't realize there was a game tonight actually there wasn't stupid competition <laughs> hey who says we don't provide the balance well I, I yeah I do understand that you know I think everybody would feel potentially conflicted about uh about the competition especially like how it's changed in recent years with uh with invited academy teams and then that's increased oh it's a it's a nonsense competition it's a nonsense competition but we're here so we might as well you know well i think the people are obviously going to take it take it interest this year is what is what i mean to say i just sort of think i wish it would be a bit more a bit more fairer and a bit more lenient to you know to EFL clubs who don't have the huge squads and depth, and so even if they do have a a complete change around of their starting eleven, they might only have sort of you know twenty two to twenty five squad players. That would be relatively relatively uh, sizable for some clubs. So I do wish that you know the big fines and just wanting wanting teams to be sort of marionettes for academy teams to show off for is would not be the way. Um, and I know that I get the idea that people who think it's long as competition are going to feel um, aggrieved that we had a big attendance. I imagine we probably had one of the bigger attendances of the competition tonight, judging on how it usually goes and of the the interest. But I think with the, the squad and the structure with people featuring that we haven't seen much of, it would be it would be remiss to give it some some coverage and some credence. Yeah, I think I think uh, 
calling 2500 a a big attendance just tells you just what this competition is all about but yes indeed well you know you'll be reading attendances in the you know in the low hundreds at some games oh, tonight yes. Oh, yeah, big time. Okay. Scott Munro says, a very good performance. Mo Dabri, man of the match by Miles. Really impressed with Simpson when he came on. Really bullied his marker with a plomb. Uh, Martin Crook says, really enjoyed it and a good turnout. Uh, see it as a test for those close to the first team and keeping up fitness. All played well and a strong showing. Arsenal okay, but incredible speed on the break, uh, which we dealt with great fun. And finally, Jason Spacey says, I wouldn't normally spend a tenner to watch a pizza trophy game, but the threat of a family board games night forced my hand. Glad I did. Entertaining game. Debre was deserved man of the match. Fringe players look more than capable. Have you ever had to um, watch football to try and avoid, you know, anything that you've not wanted to do? I've definitely ducked out of a wedding where I didn't know somebody to go to a football match. To go to a football... Usually yeah. just for getting out of chores. A board game night, I'd be well up for that. In fact, last year I, I would have taken the board games uh, most Saturdays. Yeah, I'm not I'm not proud of that, but many moons ago I didn't go to my wife's work colleague's wedding reception because I didn't know who they were. So I wasn't going to go, so I went to a football match instead and, you know, that, that possibly wasn't the nicest thing for me to do but we live we learn but i i and i am all for the uh you know the board game principle but i must say i did get invited to a what i thought was a board games like um a couple of a couple of years ago with the lads and it shouldn't be one of these sort of long strategy games that takes about four hours to explain the rules that is poor form get buckaroo out well, that feels good. I feel like we've we've given this um, competition more coverage than we ever have in one, you know, about forty five minute setting. Um, but we're not we're not gonna spend now days cooing about this game. It was what it was. Um, but for once, it was just nice to. Uh, I think I got my money's worth. I think is what I'm saying here. Yeah, it's a perfectly nice way to spend a to spend a Tuesday. It was a curio. It was a good chance to see some fringe players and see what they're all about. And it's uh, it's definitely given those who did tune in uh, some food for thought, some pizza for thought. Oh, look at that! <laughs> Lovely stuff. Okay, Joe, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.